So my name is Zach Verbracken. Some of you might recognize me because I used to actually work in town. That's how I know Pastor Jeremy. I worked at Independence First Assembly, so camps, conventions, all that. And right now, me and my wife, Rachel, um, we're married for about two months, or two years and 11 months. So we're coming up on three years. It's pretty exciting. But uh, right now we work at a little place called Chick-fil-A. Do we have any Chick-fil-A fans up in here? Yes. Anyone go on Cow Day to Chick-fil-A? Yes. Anyone go to the Independence Chick-fil-A? Well, make sure to come say hey to us. Um, Right now we work at Chick-fil-A. We're helping out at a church plant, and we're loving it. But we're just so excited to be here tonight uh, with you guys hanging out. Let me just show you a picture. This is a picture of me and Rachel when we got married. Boom. Um, Let me tell you a few things that I am passionate about. I love Jesus. I love my wife. I love the Chicago Bears, and I love pizza. Do we have any pizza fans? What's your favorite topping? Just yell it out. Cheese, pepperoni. Anyone who says mushrooms are like broccoli. Uh, this might not work. I love pepperoni myself, a good pepperoni pizza. Um, I have known Jeremy for about two and a half years. And let me just say before I even begin that you guys have like one of the best youth pastors in the world. Uh, we love Jeremy. Yeah, let's give it up for Jeremy. He's not even here today, but we clapped for him because he's that awesome. And really, if you don't realize that, like, he's a very incredible pastor. I've learned so much about him. I'm just so thankful to know him. And uh, tonight, I'm just going to jump in, and we're going to be a little bit real from the beginning. Um, Who here is in middle school? If you're not in middle school, you used to be in middle school. So all of us at one point have been in middle school. And for me, I don't know about you, but for me, middle school kind of was a bit of a nightmare sometimes. Um, No, anyone that would agree that sometimes there's like days, right, where you're just like, what am I doing with my life? Like, I just want high school and adulthood. Anyone? And I remember middle school was just hard for me because of this, because when you're in elementary school, life is so easy. And then you go to middle school and there's all these different challenges. I remember um, when I got to middle school, man, all of a sudden you got to start wearing deodorant. And some of you ladies are like, some of these boys need to take notes to this part right here because deodorant, you know, you got to start wearing it. When you get to middle school, you start noticing that, hey, that girl's pretty cute. Or if you're a girl, that boy's pretty cute, right? When you get to middle school, you start noticing that um, it's a little bit harder to keep friendships. Sometimes there's a little D-R-A-M-A, if you know what I mean. Like in elementary school, all you have to have to be friends is like, hey, want to be friends? Yeah. In middle school... Drama tends to get in the way. Do we know any people that has any drama in their lives? Yes. Um, And my middle school experience really can be broken up into three parts. The first part was sixth grade for me. Any sixth graders? For me, you guys are lucky. You're past that stage of awkwardness. For me, sixth grade could be described as like my socially awkward period. Because in sixth grade, I didn't really know how to talk to girls. Um, I kind of dressed awkwardly. I couldn't talk in front of a crowd. I was a seriously shy person, and it was just the most awkward time. I kind of was like this guy right here. Some of you might recognize him. That's kind of sums up my sixth grade for you. Um, Luckily, things would get a little bit better. I came to seventh grade, and I was a new person, got a new start, a little bit more comfortable with myself. I start like kind of the funny guy now, and hey, I might still be in the friend zone, but at least I have friends, like, right? So seventh grade, kind of, I was kind of like this guy right here. Like, 
you know, kind of the funny, weird guy that people kind of liked. And I'll take that because it's better than sixth grade. But eighth grade was the highlight of my middle school. Anyone in eighth grade right now that's going into eighth grade, you better get excited because it is way better than anything else. Eighth grade, um, I got to go to a new school, get a new fresh start. So I was like the mysterious new kid. Not only that, I played quarterback on the football team, not to brag or anything. And I had friends, and I was kind of like the friend to the popular kids. I was kind of like this person right here. Um, that's Higgins, right? We all love Jimmy Fallon, but every episode you see Higgins over there. And hey, he's just lucky to be able to hang with Jimmy Fallon. That's kind of how I was. Like, I had popular friends. I was just on the verge of kind of being cool, but not quite. I was just a friend to the popular kids. And that was my middle school experience broken into three parts. Um, then there was high school, which honestly, I ain't even going to try to explain high school because it is way too complex. But the, the point I want to get across is this, that um, being a teenager can be a struggle sometimes, right? Like, there's some hard parts about being a teenager. you got to worry about things like, hey, Pokemon Go, right? Ew, ew gross. Um, you got to worry about things like relationship drama. Anyone have any relationship drama in here? And do you know anybody in here that has any relationship drama? Don't point at them, but... Um, you got to start working, worrying about things like college coming up. Anybody, like, stressing already about college? Like, you might be in seventh grade, but you're trying to plan out your college. Um, you had to worry about, like, when your friends start liking things that they shouldn't, and you have to question, like, is this friendship worth it? Like, One Direction, it's not worth it. Like, break that friendship off. It's not worth it. Let it go. Um, and there's all kinds of different things that are really difficult about being a teenager. But I think that there's really two struggles I don't know why I held up four, but two struggles that are greater than any other struggle that you'll face as a teenager. And I think these two struggles are things that everybody faces, whether you're like the most popular kid in school or whether nobody knows that you're there. Two struggles that are universal that everybody's going to struggle with. You might have struggled with today, if not today, sometime this week. But that's what we're going to talk about tonight. And the first is this. The first struggle that every teenager faces is this. The struggle with looks. Right? Maybe you think to yourself, I wish I was more attractive. I wish I was more beautiful. I wish I was more blank. If you think I'm lying that everyone struggles with this, think about the first day of school, right? Everybody wants to get the new shoes, the new outfit, the new haircut. Am I right? Like, it's exciting to show up in the, new, uh, the first day and be kind of a new person. And we obsess over that because we want to feel on point. We want to feel good about ourselves. We want to feel like, you know, like we belong. We want to feel cool. Um, on the opposite spectrum, who here has like the outfit in your dresser that you never want to wear, but it's like your emergency, emergency outfit. Anybody else? Yeah. Um, I had an emergency, emergency outfit and it was like shorts with paint on them with no button and a t-shirt from project shine. You guys might know project shine. And it was like, I never wanted to wear it, but one day I had to, and I just, I, I did not feel myself that day. Like I wasn't feeling very good. And it, you know, we don't want to be that person. We don't want to feel that way because we hate feeling like, um, like we don't look good. Whether we would admit it openly or not, we all want to look good. And that's why with teenagers, there's some very real things that you or people you know are struggling with, right? People struggle with starving themselves. I couldn't do it. I like food too much. But lots of people struggle with that. Um, people struggle with things like, hey, taking the perfect selfie, right? Like you take that selfie that hides all the parts that you don't like. Like, I shouldn't say this, but, um, so once, 
this was back in MySpace. So um, once I, there was this girl at like a school that was in my city and she added me on MySpace. So I'm like, okay, this is cool. And she looked pretty good. Like she took the right selfies and she showed the right parts. Not, nothing awkward, but like she, she made herself look good. And then once I met her at the movie theater and I promise it was like a different person. And, like, some of you know that person where they take all the right selfies, try to find all the right angles, and you just, like, stand there and retake it ten times because you got to get the right side and the right hair. Anybody that person in here? Like, will you be honest? I know Josh is probably that person. Uh, but, man, we struggle with things like this, like showing off a little bit too much. Who knows that boys sometimes like to show off a little too much skin. Like, it makes me uncomfortable. Like, come on, don't show off your belly button, boys. Um, self-image. We struggle with all these different things. Why? Because we want to look good. But here's what the Bible says. Proverbs 31, 30 says this, that charm is deceptive and beauty does not last. Everyone say it does not last. But a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. Now, ladies, that might mean something to you, but guys, you're like, okay, that doesn't help me. But there was another, another passage, and in this one, Samuel was a person in the Bible, and he was looking for the next king. And this is what it said in 1 Samuel. It said this, that um, God told Samuel, looks aren't everything. Turn to your neighbor and say, looks aren't everything. I bet, like, you didn't even know that was in the Bible. Like, it's that clear. Looks aren't everything. Don't be impressed with his looks and stature. I've already eliminated him. He's talking about the next king. And then it says, God judges person. God judges persons differently than humans do. Men and women look at the what? Face. Men and women look at the what? But God looks at the... Hey, that's hope for all of us that, like, don't have the looks. We could tell that lady, hey, God cares about the heart. I got a good heart. Right? So now you could use that, and you could steal it for free. Um, But here's what these passages are saying, and it's so, so good. They're saying this. Essentially that you are loved... Not because of what you look like, but because of who you are. Right? You are loved not because of what you look like, but because of who you are. And God's love is unconditional. You could look crazy. You could be like me with my Napoleon Dynamite days, but you're still loved because of who you are. Because of everything about you that makes you you. Because of your personality. Because of your awkward, lame jokes. Like, who here? I, okay. Rachel told me a few days ago that I tend to sometimes tell dad jokes, right? But dad jokes are awesome, and hey, Jesus still loves me and my dad jokes. Um, You are loved because of your desire to want to help people. You're loved because your artistic ability. Do we have any artistic people up in here? I'm not that. But even the things that make you weird, like, okay, that thing when you're watching a sad movie and you go from, like, crying to laughing at the same time, even that, you are valued and loved not because of your looks, but because of God who created you, because of who you are, and um, that's what makes you valued. That's what makes you amazing. The second struggle is this. The struggle with likes. Who here knows what I'm talking about? Who here likes to get a like every once in a while? Yes, she's responding to everything. I like this. Um, you might feel this. I wish I was more popular. I think everyone's felt that, regardless of if you're in sixth grade or 60 years old. Um, if we're being honest, maybe you're a little bit too addicted to likes, if you could relate to this. The first thing you do when you wake up is what? Check your phone. Snapchat, Instagram, social media, something. Not MySpace anymore, but something. You might be a little too addicted if, hey, you've ever been in, like, the middle of nowhere, and you'll practically, like, climb a tree to try to get some cell phone service. Am I right? 
you know, climb a mountain, skydive, whatever you got to do. Um, you might be a little too addicted to lights if when you go to the bathroom, you just, you know, right? Like, can't even go to the bathroom without doing it. You better wash your hands too, that's gross. But you might be a little too addicted to social media if that's you. Maybe you might be a little too addicted to likes if you're that person that goes to the bathroom and every time after you take a picture in the mirror, and you probably know that person, and if you don't, you probably are that person. So you might be a little addicted to likes if that's you. Here's what happens. Every time you get a new retweet, a new like, a new follower, what happens is literally your body releases a chemical that feels good. And it's easy to become addicted to that. And it's easy to love those so much. It's kind of like a high. And every time you get that hit, it feels so good. But what happens when that goes away? In fact, here's what we know that um, some people literally have hundreds, thousands of followers on Twitter and Instagram, but they're still lonely, right? And here's what we know, that sometimes just because you're liked doesn't mean you're not lonely. And you might have a thousand friends on Instagram, but still feel lonely at the end of every night and still struggle with feeling like, I don't have enough friends. I don't have enough likes. I don't have enough followers. And that's a real issue. Um, It's not just on the internet either, but in school too, we just, we want to be liked, right? We want to have friends. We want to not be alone. I remember a kid in my gym class and... Um, he would, he was that kid that kind of like always tried to flex. Like he's always trying to stand, even when he's just standing there, like waiting for the basketball, he's like trying to look all strong and the pool was the worst. He'd just be standing there like trying to be all cool. Do you guys know that kid that always trying to flex? And he would really just look kind of ridiculous, but his goal was this to try to be liked. And he thought if I've made myself bigger, stronger and projected that image, maybe then people would like me. I remember with me when I was in school, I was in fifth grade, and there was this kid named Kelvin. Now, Kelvin, he he wasn't the smartest. He wasn't like the the sharpest crayon in the box, if you know what I mean. But Kelvin was popular. Just to to illustrate this, I was doing math homework once, and I nailed it. I got it done real quick, and Kelvin decides he's going to come over and uh, get some help by copying my answers. So this dude, I said he's not the sharpest crayon in the box. He literally, like, he even copies my answers slowly. Like, it's not that difficult. So he's sitting next to me copying my answers, and eventually I get to the point where I'm like, all right, I just take it and fill it out for him. So what happens is the teacher sees this, and she called me up to her, and I end up getting in trouble. And I'm like, he copied me, but I get in trouble. But the crazy thing is not that. Like, that shouldn't even have upset me because I was willing to go through all this just to be liked. I was willing to do another kid's homework for him just for likes. Like, that's crazy, right? But we do things all the time that we shouldn't do because we want likes. Maybe you're a girl in here and you have that boy and he's like your kryptonite and you set up boundaries, you set up values, but you go a little further every time just because you know maybe he'll like me a little bit more. Maybe he'll care about me if I let him kiss me or this or that. Or maybe you're a boy and it's the same exact thing, right? We do so many different things just to try to get likes. But here's what we know. Um, A person named Lecrae said this. He said, if you live for people's acceptance, you'll die from their rejection. Here's another way to put it that kind of makes a little bit more sense. If you live to be accepted, then you'll be crushed when you're rejected. If your goal every day is to be accepted, then when that rejection happens, it stings. It hurts. Who's ever lost like a Facebook friend or an Instagram follower? And it it just kind of stings a little bit, right? especially if it's someone you really care about. And we live for those likes, and when we do that, 
We feel the pain of the unfollow. And instead of focusing on God, what happens is we get distracted. We get distracted by life. We get distracted by people. But here's what the Bible says. Ephesians 2, verse 10 says this. For we are God's, what? We're God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so we could do the good things he planned for us long ago. We're God's masterpiece. We're God's workmanship. He literally created us. We are a gift. We are valued, not because of the amount of followers we have, but because we're God's masterpiece. In fact, it goes a little further in Psalm, and it says this. You shaped me first, inside and out. You formed me in my mother's womb. I thank you, hi God, you're breathtaking. Body and soul, I am marvelously made. Turn to the person next to you and say, I am marvelously made. Hey, don't forget it. Um, I worship in adoration what a creation. You know me inside and out. You know every bone in my body. That's a lot of bones. That's like 256 or something like that. Um, you know exactly how I was made bit by bit. How I was sculpted from nothing to something. Like an open book, you watched me grow from conception to birth. All the stages of my life were spread out before you. We're like a book that God wrote even before we were born. Uh, the days of all my life prepared before I even lived one day. Here's what they're saying. Essentially what they're saying is this. That... We try so hard to get acceptance. We try so hard to get approval. But in reality, God already likes you and loves you as you are. God already likes you and loves you the way you are. You don't have to change. You don't have to do anything different. That God has an incredible love for you because he made you, because he sees things in you that you don't even see in yourself. Um, I remember hearing this crazy story. And you're going to think I'm like not religious because it's about Buddha. But I promise there's a message from it. So... Uh, years ago, there was this Buddhist monk in Bangkok, Thailand. And uh, every day, people would walk past this statue in the middle of the town. And there was this giant, ugly, concrete statue like this one right here. And every day, people would just walk past it and they would throw their trash on it. They would leave empty soda cans on it. They would leave trash on it. They would just mistreat it and um, do terrible things to it just because it was this ugly piece of concrete that really didn't seem to seem much purpose, serve much purpose, didn't seem to have much value, didn't seem to have much beauty. Well, one day, he was moving it to his temple, and uh, he accidentally cracked part of it off, and he noticed that underneath the concrete, there was a little something. So he gets some friends, he gets some people, and they take apart the statue, they remove all the concrete, and what they find underneath is the largest sculpted piece of gold in the world. They find this beautiful, giant statue that was underneath this concrete for all these years. This thing that people didn't realize was valuable. This thing that people would throw their trash on, that people would leave their garbage on. And this whole time there was value that nobody knew about. And I just want to tell you, man, you might see yourself as like this ugly piece of concrete that has no value. But within you, there's this gold that God sees in you that maybe everyone else sees in you that you don't even realize. You don't even realize the value inside of you. And every day you just see concrete when God's saying, no, 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 no. There's gold. There's gold. There's something beautiful. There's something incredible in there that I made for you. Um, for years... Nobody knew about this. For years, nobody knew that there was this, this gold inside of it, and people just ignored it. But the value is still there. Um, here's what you need to get. We all want to have, like, the Hollywood good looks, right? And we all want to have a million friends. We all want to be the most popular kid in school. But you need to know this, that 
Some of you need to write this down, need to tweet it, need to write it on your hand, need to write it on your mirror. But this is what I want you to know, that your value is not in the like of your friends, but in the love of your father. Your value is not in how many friends like your page or your post, but in the love of your father. Your value is not in um, how many people follow you on Instagram or how many people follow you on Snapchat, but it's in the love of your father. And that will never change. So I want to ask you, where do you find yourself tonight? Are you like the first person who would say, honestly, I struggle with my appearance. You don't have to raise your hand, but honestly, I struggle with looks. Like, I want to have that look, and every time I look in the mirror, I don't see beauty. I just see ugly. I just see not right. There's things I want to change about myself. Or maybe you're here today, and you would say, honestly, I'm like the second person where I struggle with likes. I I want to be popular. I want to have friends. I want to feel valued by people. And really, you struggle. You just see yourself as a hunk of concrete. That doesn't have much value. Regardless of which one you consider, maybe you're even both. I just want to pray for us tonight, okay? So if we just all bow our heads, let's just, let's just pray together in this room. And nobody's going to be looking, but I just want to say a prayer for you tonight. Uh, God, many of us in here today, if we were being honest, would say, I struggle with looks and I struggle with my looks in particular. You know, when I wake up, I don't see beauty. I don't see handsome. And every day, I'm kind of a little ashamed of the way that I look, of my appearance. And sometimes I even wish that I looked like somebody else and maybe I, I compare myself to others. If that's you, I just, I'm just going to ask you to be brave right now. And I just want you to raise your hand so I know, so I could pray for you. If that's you, nobody's looking around. Yeah, thank you, guys. Um, I'm going to pray for you right now. Jesus... We thank you so much, God, that you see value in us, that you see beauty in us. God, that we were made by you, that we were crafted by you, that we're works of art. God, thank you that we are so valuable, so incredibly made. We are treasure, God. And I pray that you help us to see that. Help us not to compare ourselves to that friend or that person sitting next to us, but to see that there's something incredible inside of us, God, that we are beautiful or we are handsome or we are whatever. We are good enough. It might not even be about cosmetic appearance, but God, we could find a value in you and not struggle with it anymore. Um, I also want to pray for those of us in here today that would be honest and say, I struggle with the second one. I struggle with the likes. And I still want to be like that sometimes it gets a little unhealthy. Sometimes I even do wrong things to try to win people's acceptance. And I don't feel valued or loved. Sometimes I just feel lonely. If that's you, nobody's looking around. I just want to ask you to raise your hand too and so I know to pray for you. Thank you guys for, for your bravery. Let's pray. Um, God, I pray for all of us in here today, even those that didn't raise our hands, that would say, um, sometimes I struggle with, with wanting more likes. Sometimes I struggle with wanting more popularity. And even though I know it's right, not right, sometimes I, I really struggle with just wanting to be appreciated, wanting more friends, wanting more followers, whatever it is, God. Lord, I pray that every person that came here today carrying that burden, I pray that you relieve it from us, that you set us free from that shame, that guilt, and help us to see the gold within us, God, that we are not just a piece of concrete, but we are treasured, we are valued.